So, Peter, here we are again with another um, uh, podcast. Uh, for our, our readers who are not familiar with what we do on, on Independent Community Farm Assist, we do the ICP podcast, and, and I'm Neil Train, it's the editor of ICP, and I'm, always, I'm joined once again, a pleasure as always, by Peter Kelly, a pharmacist based in London. Hi, Peter. How are you doing, Neil? How are you? I'm very well. A bit wet out there, isn't it? Miserable. Yeah, not a, not, a, not a very nice day out there no. at all. Good day for a podcast, though. Good day for a podcast, <laughs> absolutely. absolutely. A socially distanced podcast, by the way, in case anybody's worried about our well-being. We're, we're socially distanced, so uh, um, a new experience, but let's see how it goes. We're going to talk about um, remote consultations, virtual consultations in this new age of healthcare you know, provision. Uh, Peter, I don't know what you think about this, but a lot of GP surgeries... Um, now closed a lot of people can't get face-to-face consultations it's been a a really um, difficult uh, time for patients in in that regard Um, and we'll come on to some of the other issues surrounding that later but just I mean we did a story uh, a few weeks ago um, basically saying that the use of virtual consultations by GP practices were having a major impact on community pharmacy its workload so the fact they're doing online consultations now it was basically um, causing lots of patients to come go to pharmacies seeking out that face-to-face care that they would normally get in a GP surgery and that in itself was was dramatically significantly increasing pharmacies workload pharmacies some pharmacists have got to take into twitter to sort of moan about this a little bit you know the GPs are what they're doing you know they're not doing us any favors here it's it's terrible we're doing all this extra work and for free we're not getting paid for it is it do you understand that um frustration of pharmacy is it a fair criticism of gps i I think i I can understand that um i I think sometimes in when you work in a community pharmacy it can feel like the gps are always trying to subcontract out work to the pharmacy but 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 we don't get paid for it and and there seems to be always uh uh, i i think they would get us to do everything if they could like they're constantly pushing stuff to us um and and it can seem a little bit unfair when you when your workload increases but your remuneration stays the same. It can it can be frustrating. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I, some of the quite some. I don't know if you saw some of the comments on Twitter. Some strong comments. I mean, uh, there was one uh, pharmacist who I think said GPs are being cowardly, uh, which I thought was rather strong. Mm. Um, other pharmacists have gone onto Twitter to sort of say, well, this you know, you, come on, general practice, you're being a bit selfish here. You know, you, you're not really looking at it. You, you, we're under pressure as well here, and yet you're. You're not looking after your patients, number one, and also not really giving a damn about us on the other side of the fence here. So, I mean, is that too strong? Do you think, or can you see it from the can you see it from general practice's yeah, point of view? As well? I, I can see it from both sides. I can understand it from both sides. And then the first thing that has to be said is not all GP surgeries operate in the same way. So some GP surgeries are are seeing patients, yeah. uh, and and some 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 feel you you can kind of feel that they do really care about the patients, and some you feel less so. Um, I, I think it's, it's like many things. I think some of the bigger GP surgeries can, can have a feel where the people feel less cared about in that when you've got more people operating and more people being seen, the chances of you seeing the same people, the same doctors, the same receptionists and building that relationship and building that rapport is less. Yeah. So it can feel like a less personal service. But that's that's just, you know, that's a kind of that's scale. Like yeah. as something gets yeah. bigger, any business as it gets bigger, it can feel less personal. And I think some GP surgeries 
some of the really big ones, can, it can feel a little bit impersonal. Yeah, yeah. And of course, you know, the situation that we're in now with a lockdown and, and, or perhaps another lockdown, hopefully, well, touch wood, maybe not, but in this part of England, um, but in, in this new age of healthcare and COVID and, and everything going on, it's almost, make, it's almost making that relationship between the patient and the GP impossible now isn't it I, I guess I wouldn't I don't I wouldn't say that maybe it's improving I, the relationship between the GP and uh, the pharmacist and the patient on the yeah, I, don't, I don't think it's impossible because like I said there are GPs who are still see, who are seeing people face to face they're using like a triage system so I think you you, you do a phone consultation and then they make the decision that seems to be the, the thing that most of them are doing I think it, look at it, it with, with the pandemic and everything I think it's very it's it's a very tricky time for everybody I think you have to be non-judgmental of everybody. Look, we all have different mm. fears and anxieties. We all have different underlying, you know, health conditions and stuff. So some people, some people are very fit and healthy. They never really get sick, so they, they have very little anxiety about everything. Other people see themselves as being a bit of a higher risk. Yeah. So I think you have to be very patient and non-judgmental with everyone's decision-making. The truth of it is none of us were in a pandemic before, so nobody actually knows what's the right decision and the wrong decision to be making. Uh, we've been made, everyone's been forced into a situation where you have to make a lot of decisions, uh, a lot more than you normally would. And a lot of these decisions are novel decisions. There's no case study that you can read that tells you what to do. So you kind of just have to go with, with what you're comfortable with and what you're good at. So if there's people in the doctor's surgery who are like, they don't want to see patients because they're not comfortable or they're, they're worried for their health, mm. yes, in many ways you kind of have to respect that. And, and likewise in the pharmacy, you know, I think you just, we're in a time where you, you, you got to do what you feel comfortable doing. And if there's things you don't feel comfortable doing, Say, yeah. it, say it you know yeah absolutely uh, I mean I my, one of my arguments we, uh, to, I, I was speaking to a pharmacist um, a few weeks ago about this and and they said um, pretty much they were very frustrated with the, uh, their local um, GP surgery um, and, and my argument to them was well okay look at if you can look at it on the other side of the coin look at it from their point of view the farm uh, the, the GP you know the GP uh, uh, from what I can gather is a, a, a doctor of um, Asian uh, Indian Asian background uh, if anything, we've, if anything we've learned from this pandemic is that it is, the virus does affect, uh, you know, people of an Asian background perhaps more than it does white, white people. Right. And my argument was, well, I mean, if I was a, a, a GP or doctor of uh, an Indian Asian origin ethnic minority background, I would be very nervous at the moment doing face-to-face -face consultations with patients. I'd be happy. I'd, I would like to do them virtually for now. I wouldn't want to be doing them. Mm. And the pharmacist said, well, I, yeah, that's all very well, but. Come on, look look at us as well. We, we yeah, we're at risk. We're on the front line. You know, we we have we have to deal with patients face to face. Why is it okay for G GPs to, to moan about it and not us? And what you know, it's, you can't have it one way and not the other. No, we, where do you where do you sit on that? Yeah, well, well, like I said, look at in in you, you know, we've got the protective gear. We got the you, yeah. you got the PPPE and you got the the plastic screens and all the rest of it. So again, I think it I think it's a personal thing for everybody. I look at. I think most of phar pharmacies' frustration comes down to one thing, and that is money. Yeah. And and basically, I've been a pharmacist for thirteen years, and thirteen years ago, pharmacists got paid the same, if not a little bit more than what they get paid today. But inflation has gone up, so effectively, for thirteen years, we were getting paid less year in year out. And it, I think that's the frustration. Yeah. And and yeah. The, re the, the reality of it is, I think if people felt they were being fairly paid. 
order wages had kept pace with inflation, yeah. which is not a huge thing to ask. You're not saying, like, we're not asking for huge pay rises, but it'd be nice if your wage actually kept pace with inflation. So as things, as the cost of living got more expensive, your wage increased with that, which hasn't happened no. in pharmacy in the last no. 10 years. So I think all frustrations are actually at the core. It's that frustration of being in a job where you're getting paid less. Your effect because yeah. you're not your wages and increasing with inflation, you're effectively paying less every year. So I honestly think that if pharmacists' wages had kept pace with inflation and pharmacists did feel they were they were being paid for, they they wouldn't be as frustrated and they wouldn't complain about anything. Yeah, no, absolutely. And you know, nobody wants to do anything for free, do they? You know, pharmacists, no, no, no. they're businesses as well, aren't they? You know, they've got to yeah, be yeah, treated yeah. as businesses as well as healthcare, you know, professionals. Look, it's 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 a human thing at the end of the day. If you could pick anybody, pick a hundred people off the street and say, would you like to do more work for no extra money? Or would you like to do more work for less money? No one's saying, no, who, nobody thinks that's fair. No, no. It's unless unless, they, hard, unless they perhaps think, it, you know, in the, if, if it, unless it leads somewhere. Yeah, but it's not but leading it's anywhere. Not leading it's anywhere, not leading anywhere. It's not leading anywhere. Like, do you know what I mean? Nobody you, thinks that's fair. No, you know? absolutely not. And nobody, you know, yourself, I know as a pharmacist, you would definitely agree with this, you know, a pharmacy should not be asked to do anything for free. That, that's just, no, you know, no, they, have to be paid, they have to be paid fairly. PSNC then, I mean, that's their responsibility, isn't it? If pharmacy's getting a lot of this extra work chucked at them because GP surgeries are closed, yeah, that should be paid for. But the PSNC should be jumping all over that, shouldn't they? Really? Well, I, I, I don't know what. The, maybe they are doing that. I, I, I don't know. Mm. I don't know. Like, ah, the negotiations are hard because look at the at the end of the day, there's a context to this. The context is you you have a government who whose economic policy is austerity. Mm. Uh, the public keep voting for them so like you know it's it's very hard square you know that's that's the reality of it yeah, so yeah. so so it's very hard for the PSNC or whoever's doing the negotiation you're negotiating against people who who believe yeah. in, in a political philosophy an economic political philosophy of paying the least amount for for services uh, austerity and and they believe they have them well they do have the mandate of the country to do that so you know, yeah, yeah. I, I, I think eventually, I think eventually, the, the, the belief in austerity will erode away because it, it doesn't stand up to scrutiny, mm. and it, and, and when it's been academically studied, it, it, it hasn't. So I, I do think it's a fad. I think it's a, an idea, a, 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 you know, a bogus ideology, and I do think it will erode austerity. away. Yeah, and I, to be honest with you, I'm surprised it's lasted as long. I've, I'm amazed it, it has lasted so long, and yeah. it, and it's been able to, and, and that they've been able to. to sell it for so long yeah. and i do think it's i do think it's just a matter of time before it goes and and you know that's life you sometimes you're up sometimes yeah. you're down and, and we, we've been down for 13 at least 13 years 10 years yeah and absolutely. do you know what i mean be, i just kind of console myself and the, the idea that like it, you know your average uh, lifespan as a pharmacist is going to be 20 or 30 years or maybe 40 years and it's it's highly unlikely that it's going to be down for the entire duration of your profession even yeah. though it has been very much on the decline for the entire duration of my profession, my uh, participation in the profession so far. But it can't, or you just think it can't so you, forever. 2007 you qualified, was it 2007? Yeah, yeah, 2000, yeah. 2006, 2007, Seven, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. And, and there, was, there was a brief period where it, it was, it was, things were increasing and then, and then once 2008 came, it, you know. Of course, yeah, but even crash, prior to yeah. 2008, pharmacy had that clawback. So pharmacy yeah, got hit, yeah. got hit before austerity, pharmacy yes. was getting hit. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. With austerity before oh, there course. was austerity. Yeah, yeah, 
yeah, it was like a preview. <laughs> yes, yes, yeah. We, we were like a trailer, like it was like a yeah, yeah. It's no great shock to you. No, yeah, it's like a trailer for for it. And and then I guess the other frustration things is like every step of the way there was there was things added in, you know. So here's less money, but we want you to do NMS, we want you to do MNR, and 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 there was stuff that. I don't know if people really believed in it, and and then like, what they did they? What was the objective of them? Did they achieve their yeah. objective? So, uh, so we constantly feel that you're being hit with extra paperwork and bureaucratic stuff, and yeah. and, and it's you know. What? But you need you need you need the evidence, so don't you? I mean, <clears throat> if you want to, if you want to get paid for the extra work you're doing, mm. you need to provide the government. So the PSNC needs to go in with their, their, their evidence, you know, their audit, that kind of um, evidence base. And that's down to well, who? I mean, is it down to the is it down to yourself as a pharmacist? Because I would compile that evidence if you're doing lots of extra work during COVID. Mm. Are you supposed to record everything you're doing extra and then go to the PSNC and say, look, as a pharmacist, this is all the work I'm doing extra. Now here's the evidence. Now go and get get it. Get, get extra for me. money. Yeah, I wish it was that simple, but I don't know if I don't know if it is that simple. Do would you, you know have what I mean? Because that? like, it, listen. Show me a government that acts on evidence, and I'll show you a, a mirage. There's, it's never happened. We've never no. There's no country in the world that has a government that acts on evidence. Most uh, they act on all lots of like. There's a little bit of acting on evidence, but at the end of the day, they mainly act on what they, they think their constituents want or they think what's going to get them re-elected. Yeah. So, like as I said to you, I, there's not a lot of strong evidence to support austerity as an idea, but it hasn't stopped us from you know yeah, yeah. going and going and going with so, it. And even when austerity was had an objective of getting you know the the what was it the, the deficit down, so it 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 started off. George Orwell said we have to do this to achieve X, and then we didn't achieve X, but we didn't stop doing Y. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, governments, it's, it's don't, logical, act, isn't it? governments don't act on evidence. So do you, do you, like, I'd love to live in a world where every time anything was decided to be done, it was like, OK, we're going to do this because this is our objective. And then we measure it and then we go, OK, a year later, OK, we got it wrong. It didn't help us achieve our objective. So now we're going to try something different. That, to me, would be a scientific world based on, yeah. on, on evidence. But we don't live in that world. We don't live in anything like that world. That sounds a bit depressing. I mean, do, you, do you think, so are you saying that if, if, if pharmacists all over England... Uh, managed to actually get compile all this great evidence, you know, and and, ca- and came to the PSNC with it. I said, look, PSNC, this is what we're doing across the country. All this extra work as a yeah. result of GP surgeries being closed. Right here it is, and the PSNC went into end up with, that, with those in the, into those discussions with the Department of Health and NHS England and said, right, guys, this is what pharmacy's doing. Look at it, read yeah. it. Here it is. Now remunerate the profession because there's the evidence. You think they would make any difference at all? Well, what's to stop them just turning around and going? We believe in austerity. We be do. We believe in doing more, paying less, and getting more done. What do you say then? There's not much you can say. I suppose not much you can say then. So I, I, like I don't see how that wins. You know, political arguments aren't won rationally; they're won emotionally. Mm. Yeah. So I, I don't see. I, I, I'd be stunned. I'd be stunned if gathering the evidence made a difference. Right. Absolutely stunned. Even I'd be if it surprised. showed that yeah. the NHS needs yeah, pharmacy. Listen, listen. They, their belief is austerity. It, it, it's, it's not going to go away. This austerity thing is not going to go away until there's a, there's a change of government, which will happen eventually. No one stays in power mm. forever. Yeah, yeah. But they believe in austerity. Yeah. They believe in austerity, well, even though it didn't achieve what might, they they wanted it to achieve. Might it be? Mightn't it be better under a Labour government? Do you think? Or? Yeah, I think I think it, I think it would. Like I don't think um, I don't think Labour would be as enthusiastic about austerity. Like if you look at the two political parties, I can't. I, I don't think they would. But that's not to say that there's any guarantee they wouldn't no, do it. Yeah, they might be saying nice things now when yeah, they get yeah, in. Yeah. It might be different, so. different ballpark. Um, so I mean, to, I mean, you're. 
your experiences as a, as a community pharmacist during the, the pandemic. I mean, you know, you, you you're you're next to a GP surgery, aren't you? Yeah. Your GP. Yeah. So are, are they? Have they closed during the pandemic or have they been open all the time? Uh, they closed for a little while. Like I deal with different GP surgeries. The, the one GP surgery I deal with has been very easy to deal with. The, 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 we've always had, a, had found them very easy to deal with. Uh, another one that the main kind of difficulty we had with them is that they're seeing people, but they, but they won't take repeat requests. They stopped. They don't take them. Right. At all. So all repeat requests have to come through the pharmacy. So they... they, they now, we were doing repeat requests anyway, but they put a lot onto us. But the difficulty it's made for us is we've become a middleman between patients and surgery. So if, so I, it's like, and it can become a bit ridiculous. Like, so if someone comes to request a prescription and it's too soon and I say to them, it's too soon to request, they say, that's none of your business. You pass that request on to the GP surgery, which is fair enough from their point of view. Yeah. Then I put in the request to GP surgery and they say, why are you putting that in? That's too soon. And then they tell me what to go back to tell the patient. And, and, then, and then what happens there is you get a case of shooting the messenger. So the patient is now having a go at us. Oh, but I'm, I'm, we're just passing the message to him for it. And then because we're passing the message to him for it, then it's, it's made to look like we have power and influence and decision over, over what gets repeated and what doesn't get repeated, which we don't. We don't have any say no, in the process. No. So that's, that's been difficult because... Is the, that a problem that's just emerged during the pandemic? Or is that it's got that's, worse. It's got worse. It's got worse. It's got a lot worse. And, and, and what we have now is that I would say once a day I have a patient who has a pop at us uh, releasing frustration they have with their GP surgery. Right. So once a day. So once a day. So someone's someone's having a go of one of us, but com- because they're frustrated and they're upset about how their GP surgery is treating them. Do you ever say to them, "Look, go to your GP surgery"? Yeah, you, do, you, you, you do, but like you have to be you have to be very diplomatic about it too. Like, do you know what I mean? At this stage, you just get used to it. Hmm. Do you know what I mean? Because they don't understand it. Ah, yeah, like, the, you know, you can, you can explain it, but, like, you, a lot of the time when they're doing that state, they're in an emotional state, the best thing to do is just to, to just kind of agree with them and say you're sorry. Yeah. Like, it, yeah. It, like trying to say that, you know, it, it wasn't my decision not to give you that, or, you know, I, I didn't have any power. To, to, trying to explain yourself just makes them more upset. Yeah, yeah I can imagine. I mean, did, did you ever have a word with a GP surgeon to explain this? Look, can you sort this uh, out? We, 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 don't, we don't have a word with, as such. We, we, we send the email. So send the email over. So another thing that's happening a lot is you, you, you send an email for a repeat request. Patient shows up. There's no prescription there. Uh, so you send the patient back to GP surgery. And the GP surgery says that they never got the request even though you have an email trail to prove that you sent the request. Right. So in that case, when they come back, you, you, like, I wouldn't have a word, I wouldn't like, give out to them, but I would say, yeah. you know, this patient said that you said right. we didn't right. send it, but here's the email. So you, so you just do that. If, they, if, you, if you sat them down and had, and had a proper frank discussion with them about, this is happening and this is not really our fault, this is, I, you're I, doing this to us, yeah, I, Can I, we, would they respond I, to that, do you think? No, I don't <laughs> think so. I don't think so. I, I wouldn't... It wouldn't do any good. I don't think... I think it would make things worse. Right. Because you want to maintain a, a good relationship with them. Yeah. And And I, 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 I'm not certain that they're open for any form of frank feedback. Yeah, yeah. Um, what about... I mean, so you talk about the repeat prescriptions, which has been a, 
got worse during the pandemic. But what about other, I mean, just general workload? Have you, have you got patients coming in asking you for, for other things they perhaps wouldn't normally do? Not, not really. To be honest with you, other than March, right? In March, um, in March, prescription figures were up a lot. Other than that, mm. I, I, don't, I don't really feel like the workload is hugely up. Like just the, the putting in the repeats, you, you're maybe answering the phone a bit more, but... Overall, I still think it feels pretty much the same. Yeah. Like, you're doing slightly different things. Yeah. Does that make sense? So you're, do, you're, you're doing slightly different things, but I don't think it's well, massive. What about um, people coming in and asking you to do something outside of your competence? I mean, you know, a GP would be like, diagnose something. I don't, would, do yeah. you ever have that now? Uh, you'd always have a little bit of that anyway, but no, no more than normal. I don't think we've had a lot, have a lot, yeah. of, had a lot of that, you know. Yeah. Um, I mean, we've obviously heard stories about this happening, um, you know, pharmacists being asked to act outside of their competence. But I suppose, you know, all you would do as a pharmacist in that situation would just, just refer back. You, you refer, try, yeah, you, you refer, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, like one of the skills you have to have as a pharmacist is to know what you know and know what you don't know. It, yeah, and like, when to refer and when, when yeah, not to. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, it, it, it seems like a, I mean, we all know, we're all living through a very difficult time mm. at the moment, but it seems even more... More difficult, maybe that's the wrong way of putting it, but it just seems like you, you as a pharmacist, as, as a profession, you, you guys are going through such a tumultuous time at the moment. It's yeah, look at I, look. I think we had a very tough time in March. Like March was tough. Like it was, it, it was intense, and uh, and maybe you know that's where the frustration comes from. Then because mm. uh, in March we did feel a little bit left to our own devices. I suppose right. a little bit. You know, nobody else was working, and we were thrown out, and it was crazy. Yeah, was, um, was the surgery functioning at that point? Or? No, no, like the surgery. Yeah, no, they were still kind. Of, surgeries are still always kind of function. Maybe they weren't seeing people then. I think that look at. I think there's a lot of frustration. It, it, there seems to be a lot of medical procedures and the medical things that, and I don't think it's just the GPs that, that, that maybe people feel should should be going on. Like I spoke to a guy recently. Who, who had had cancer treatment and he was supposed to go for an appointment to find out if he got the all clear and it's been cancelled. Like that. That's, so, there, so there's a lot of... like it's horrible. Yeah. And, and, and I'll be honest with you, he was grand about it. He was calm about it. But, but one of the things that's become more difficult, I suppose, is that we're probably receiving a bit more confrontation than normal because there's a lot of frustration. A lot of people, yeah. you know, if you got to, if you have some kind of condition and you're, you're, you were on the path to getting some kind of treatment and then that's stopped and you don't know when that's going to start up again, you can understand why someone would be angry. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, I mean, as patients, we probably would perhaps do the same. We would, if, yeah. we, if, we, if we die you know, dying for our medicine, we and, need to get that medicine. And I have definitely had a few people had a go and then, you know, they, they've then admitted that they're just frustrated because they can't see a doctor. Yes. Yeah. So, you know. Yeah, absolutely. In terms of virtual consultations, I mean, as a, as a pharmacist, do you, I mean, do you have to do a, a lot of those if you, for your patients? Or do no, you, we don't, we don't really, do, you do speak to people on the phone a bit. The surgeries are all doing them now. Look, I, yeah. I wrote an article for you about them. The yeah. way I see the virtual conference, they, they, like young people love it. Right. Yeah. If you're in yeah. your 30s, you're in your 40s, you, you got, you're very time poor and you you got a busy job. They, yeah. think, it, they think it's brilliant. You know, you're Babylon, you're pulled. Um, yeah. Oh, yeah, love it, love it. The so old people I, don't yeah. like it. Like, I, I don't know any old person who likes it. No. Well, like, is, is, that, is that because of the, the, this, this old familiar argument about old, older people just don't get to grips with technology as much? You wouldn't no, I don't, no, I, 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 I don't think so. I don't think so. I think with the more complicated health issues, 
And I think as you have more chronic conditions, you have more anxiety. You need a bit of reassurance. So you, yeah. you kind of need human I, touch. You need mm. the human touch. I, I yeah. think you need the human touch. Yeah. And and whatever, like you know, we were all in lockdown, so we all we all couldn't socialize. So we were on phones to our friends, and it's not the same thing. No, it's you don't. Yeah. Whatever it is, you, there, there's something you get out of being near someone. Of course, that yeah. you just don't get with this digital yeah. stuff. No, you don't no. get it. No, I mean, to me personally, I think the whole, I mean, the, it, yes, socially distanced, the whole concept of that, to me, is perverse. I, I, it, doesn't, it doesn't work for me. You, you, you can't survive without having that social interaction. You need, you need human you, contact. Human beings yeah, need yeah. to have that with other yeah. human beings. I, mean, it's important, you know. um, I just want to ask you briefly, you know, when we did talk about your surgery, but, and you did say that the, prescription, the repeat prescriptions had got worse during the pandemic. But do, you, do you think your, when you look at your relationship with your GP surgery that you had before March, before the pandemic, mm. to now... Has it got worse or has it improved or how would you say the relation? Strained? Uh, it, it, different with different surgeries. Some has got better, some has got slightly worse. But overall, overall, I get on well with my the surgeries yeah. I deal with. Overall, yeah, I get on well with yeah. them. I think one of the things is with the surgeries is you sort of just have to figure out how they work and then work to way work to how they work of course yeah, yeah. and 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 you know okay sometimes some of their policies and some of the ways they do things doesn't always make a lot of sense to you but you're not running it so you don't know you know you know what they say walk it walk a week in someone's shoes before you yes. you judge them yeah. so yeah and and these surgeries aren't all the same like you know i deal with surgeries that are quite small and then i deal with surgeries that are massive and, and obviously running a massive surgery is a hu- completely different challenge to run the small yeah, one yeah how many surgeries do you deal with in your area uh probably deal with you probably deal with four or five but like i suppose the bulk of 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 your dealings will be with one surgery right right you know yeah, yeah, yeah. you know you're yeah. one and yeah. then two you know it's, yeah. it's, so it's it, it the amount you do with each diminishes differs from, from, from yeah from but the, the surgery i do the most dealing with is, is very good yeah like and we we find them very easy to get on with oh that's good yeah yeah, yeah. Well, thanks, Peter. That was an interesting discussion. Uh, Thanks for your time. Pleasure. No problem, Neil. Thank you.